<laughs> Hi, guys! It's the crazy sales clown! <laughs> this week, we go to joestrimshack.com and you can get yourself the... I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Oh, God. These ads are getting out of control. Go to joeshrimpshack.com this week, guys. They have the entire Shrimp King food product line on sale for 11%. And you can get yourself another 15% off this line by using promo code Aquarium Guys at checkout. I just, it was a good idea. I just can't do this ad. Joeshrimpshack.com. Even, even we can't do clowns. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys Podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. Welcome to the podcast, guys. I'm your host, Rob Zolson. I'm Jim Colby. And I'm Adam Elnashar. This week, we have a ton of listeners messaging in with different questions, needing a lot of different help. So I'd like to dive into it, but before we do, of course we have to uh, introduce our, de- our, our guest. Our guest. Before I introduce our guest, I have to let you know that this week's subject is flower horns. And flower horns are by themselves a contested subject in the aquarium hobby. Not because they're, just because they're some sort of hybrid mutant fish that aren't found in the wild, but because the competition is so fierce and... Everybody's extremely passionate about this weird, weird fish. So for those that are listening, a flower horn is a large cichlid that has a round ball on its head. You can Google flower horns before you start this episode. It's very important. And I have to put a parental warning, even though this is an explicit episode, that we're going to refer that ball on the flower horn's head as a cock. It's spelled K-O-K. That is the official term for that part of the fish we're immature people. We can't help but laugh at the word cock. So you have been warned. Jimmy's already smiling. He said cock. Rob's I said just cock. jealous the fish are sometimes bigger than him. I am, but I'm not going to censor <laughs> cock. This, this episode's going to go downhill. We're going to have fun doing it. And to guide us on this journey downhill, we have Jay from J4 Flower Horns, the, uh, I believe, current world champion for competing flower horns. How are you doing, Jay? Hello, guys. Thanks for inviting me. I'm good. Hello. It's it's our pleasure having you, man. Yeah. I, y- y- we started doing this on Monday, our normal our recording day, and we tested the night before. Everything was good to go, and then your headset broke, and now you came back on a Thursday just to make sure that you uh, get us the information we so deserve. So thank you for your persistence, Jay. No problem. <laughs> Can you just give us a little bit more about um, your business before we kick this off so we get a little background about you and what you do? But yeah, I, I started the business uh, years ago. Um, I'm selling firstly locally, so I bred my flower horns and sell it locally for like very cheap. And then uh, after a year, I started an eBay, and and finally I got my website and everything. eBay, that uh, there's still fish being sold on it, but it's not that uh, prevalent. Um, that uh, at least that I see anymore. But I haven't really done a lot of fish shopping on eBay. I think I've done it twice. Is it still being utilized for a lot of the trade that you see? Yeah, I do. I do. I see a lot of fish in there, variety of uh, flower horns. There's a lot of sellers in there too. Wonderful. So we're going to get into a deep dive interview about flower horns 
and how you compete them and all the secrets information you would you care to share with us. But what we're going to do first is get to listeners' questions. We have so many, we're not even going to tell you about our week, even though last night my 125-gallon decided to leak all over the floor. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. came over to Rob's, and his wife is still cleaning up the mess, I guess. I was up until about 5, 5 a.m. last night, so I got like a nap, and I had to put in a full shift, and now I'm here. But uh, this is also, just before we do the questions, we're doing our first test. We're doing Twitch TV slash Aquarium Guys. So if you want to see our fat faces, please go on to the uh, live stream, uh, wave hello. Um, we're only doing this live. I don't uh, see us recording this because we want to use it for our podcast. But, hey, it's another way for you to interact, ask questions. So certainly check it out. We'll also have the link in the bottom of our website, AquariumGuysPodcast.com, if you need to find it easier. You ready for questions, Jimmy? Do me. Do you. <laughs> okay. First one. Hey, guys. Recently set up a 10-gallon to breed guppies. Uh, and shrimp. My wife also conned me. <laughs> conned me. Come I don't on. know. I don't know. Is that the correct spelling? Conned me into getting some cardinal tetras and a female beta. Now I had three female guppies and one male, one platy, and the pet shop threw in five tetras, one female beta and five cherry shrimp. This is a lot of fish for a 10-gallon. Please, Lord, don't let him put, put it just in one 10-gallon. The tank was set up from the water from a big tank. I had a sponge filter. And the big tank was going to collect the bacteria, also let it run without fish for a week to cycle uh, a bit more. Got all the fish in, let them acclimate, netted none of them, uh, netted none of them with the local fish uh, store water, went in. Um, had them for about three weeks, added the shrimp. After adding the shrimp, I, my female beta got stuck and unfortunately died. Oh boy. While I was at work, I found her. And did a 20% water change. A few days later, I noticed one of my female guppies have gone missing and found her dead at the base of the sponge filter with white fuzz around her and did another 20% water change. Four days later, I had another guppy drop dead and repeat the same water change. The next day off, so I turned up the tank light, remaining fish were alive, swimming in the afternoon. I go to feed them, but another guppy was dead. And also now shrimp is dead. So I'm seeing this all trickle downhill. I feel like this all stems from number one, the tank didn't cycle uh, enough, or you didn't use nitrifying bacteria in a bottle that you can purchase from your local pet store to get it cycled also, first. Purchase. So that's number one. I didn't see, because you're giving me detailed instructions. I feel like this may be a beginner fish keeper. You also may have um, chlorine in the water. So use a uh, product to remove the chlorine from the water. That would be huge. And your tank sounds gratuitously overstocked. Um, if you have fancy guppies with the long tails, you also have a problem with male betas or sometimes even female betas nipping fin. So that can cause a lot of stress and uh, having stuff die. But uh, to go on, now I got more dead fish, did a 70% water change. Everything was okay for about four weeks, found the male guppy dead. And yes, this just keeps going downhill. So, Jimmy, what would uh, you have any other recommendations besides you've overstocked? Your choices may not have been really applicable. I don't see any uh, chlorine remover. Yeah, you know, I would just start with, with maybe one or two varieties. I think you've got so many different things going on there, and uh, you're not really quarantining uh, any particular fish. And depending on what, where you buy them from, I mean, you, if you come in with one sick guppy, it's just going to go to everything else. And uh, a dead fish unseen laying on the bottom will, will skunk up the tank fairly quickly. If you don't have enough bacteria um, like you should, that will just continually uh, 
domino effect everything else. So I would start out um, by taking the, the most of the water out, putting all fresh water in, using bacteria in a bottle, and starting out with just a few fish, and then build from there. But I know it, it's we all get excited with that first tank or that new tank, and we just want it stocked and ready to go. But uh, I think to spend some more time acclimating these fish uh, and putting in a few at a time and not going so gung-ho right away. You know, less is more. Once you get a beta going for a good long while, then maybe find a tank mate. It's just so much. And then on top of it, the you, you put in some more information about feeding here, a small pinch once a day. And then also you listed something about a cube of black worms with spinach, defrosted blood worms, and then also having some old algae wafers. Um, number one, if that food's in there over 24 hours, especially in a small tank, you're going to get punished. Right. So feed every other day, number one. And number two, if you're going to diversely feed, feed one thing for that one day. And then the next time you feed, feed something else. Don't feed all three things at once. At most, just do a small bit of flake and maybe one algae wafer. If the algae wafer's there by the next day, remove it. The, that's where the larger tanks are so much easier to do. They're go- not going to punish you if you have a little bit of food left over that some fish didn't get. There's so much more forgiveness. Doing these 10-gallon or, or lower tanks can be really difficult to do. And I, I really believe that we could just give them permission to buy a 55. Yes. If, if your wife conned you into Tetras and Betas, we can con you into a 55-gallon tank. Go to your local Facebook page. Find it for, you know, 50 bucks a used one and uh, be happy. Yeah, and the thing is, too, with LG wafers, there are so many different LG wafers out there, and some of them are great, and some of them are terrible. And if they leave a large amount of, of uh, residue on the bottom and the fish aren't eating it, that will skunk up your tank also. So I appreciate the questions, Lex. It was a lot to go over, but, uh, yeah, definitely normal beginner questions there. We've all been there. Don't feel bad. All right, next one's from LJ. Hello, I recently discovered your podcast, and... I'm a fan, but also need the help with the following advice. Can you recommend me a company that will ship freshwater fish and plants to Canada? Thanks a lot, LJ. So uh, thanks to COVID and international laws and the spread of thereof, uh, good luck sending anything to Canada right now. So if you're going to try to find a company, it has to be a company that's not in the United States. And frankly, I don't know what that would be. I only know of one company that routinely ships to Canada, but unfortunately you have to be a wholesaler and that would be Seagrass Farms out of Florida. And, and they're, they, they're blocked as well. Are they blocked as well as they have Canada? To, they have to go from another country to get fish to them. They can't ship there anymore either. I was going to say, because I, I know for years that they've, I've heard about the paperwork that they send fish and they have huge customers up in Canada, but since COVID started, I've not really uh, fallen through, but I know Seagrass Farms has in the past sent stuff unless you're a wholesaler or a pet store, they probably won't be able to help you out. I guarantee after this travel ban is, is gone, Seagrass Farms will be, that, it'll be the first day they start shipping back to Canada. So certainly if you're a pet store or have, consider you want to be a wholesale license, LJ, you can certainly contact them. But, uh, yeah, it's very difficult, man, through, through COVID. So sorry, I wish we had better answers for you. I would just reach out to your local uh, Facebook groups in your area and see who's got extra stuff. Get a feel for the surroundings. Who wants to smuggle some white cloud across the border? Oh, I, I, I normally I think that would be a drug reference, but we're fish people. So next question from Peter. This is an update. So tank looking much better now. Temps drop massively. So feeding once a week. Will the white cloud gobies be okay with the amount of food? 
So Peter was the one that messaged us before. Uh, I believe he's from the UK. And he's the one that has the sunfish tank that was having such a oh, uh, such right. a problem. Yeah. And now, like we got pictures before to now, it is looking beautiful in there. Yes. Not gonna lie, it's a nice mixed sand bottom and a lot of beautiful plant life. And yeah, it's definitely cleaned up since we've last seen it in there. The only thing I could say is I can see from looking in that you have some you could say dying hair algae. I go in and take a filter. What do they call them? Filter brushes. Excuse me, I had to. Had to swallow there, like a tube brush. That, yeah, a tube brush that you would clean your your tube, and and you stick them in there and you spin them around, and it's like putting spaghetti on a fork. So, if you want to see an example of this, go to our friend Chris the Matacuaris Biggs on YouTube, and he just put out a video this last week on how to deal with stuff like hair algae, and he uses uh, methods of, of brushes, and it's really really slick, especially because yours is literally dying off. So this is the perfect time to remove it. So in there, you have what you call um, white cheek gobies. I have not had these. I've seen them. I have not had them. Have you had them, Jimmy? I have had them in the past. Yeah, I like them. Have you seen any, like, vivation problems or feeding problems? Is his normal feeding schedule you think will be fine? I think so because they, they uh, do a lot of stuff on the bottom looking around for food and stuff. So they will find stuff to eat. The only thing is I know you t- uh, gave us, Peter, information before when you messaged in about diverse food. But just mixing in a little bit of bloodworm goes a long way for gobies because bloodworm sinks to the bottom quite fast, and gobies love a lot of protein. So if you don't have that already, add that into your loop, Peter, and you should be good to go. But uh, And your sunfish will like him, too. There's a up-close picture for you, Jimmy. Oh, he's pretty. He just clarified they come from the same river as Z-H-O-U-I gobies. I don't know how to pronounce that. Zohu? Zoe, I'm, I'm going to butcher it and everybody's going to make fun of me. I can't see it from here. I'm too old. So you should be good to go with that. Just make sure you mix in one of those days because I know sunfish love the frozen uh, bloodworms as well. All right, next question. We have so many. I'm so tickled pink that we're just swamped, Jimmy. I know. It's, it's nice not to hear from your mom all the time. Every now and again. What you got so next? So next one, he actually started it by putting a text message in, but then he decided to change it to a voicemail. So let's just go to the voicemails then. In his own words, here we go. Hey, guys. I love the podcast. Keep up. I've got a few questions for my planted aquarium. So about six months ago, I started a planted aquarium, but I had little to no knowledge of the fact that just sand is not a good substrate for planted aquariums. So coming back six months later with some plants in it now and uh, a whole bunch of fish, uh, I do have leftover buckets and stuff, but how would I change the substrate or – add stuff to the substrate to make it, I don't know, be more uh, inhabitable for plant. I already have a whole bunch of osmocote in it, which does help. However, I'm wondering if there's anything else I can add to it or do in that matter um, and stuff like that. I do those daily firts um, or weekly firts, my bad. All right, we're going to pause there before we get to a second question. So number one, he want, he's been using sand and says it's not good for plants. Oh, oh contraire, sir. It is good for some plants. Now, those plants are happening to be like the easy plants. For instance, uh, stuff like hornwort, guppy grass. I've used a lot of uh, what we call dwarf sage or jungle veil. There's a, a, a whole long list of plants that have no problem with sand whatsoever. The majority of my tanks are exclusive sand bottom tanks, and they don't need a ton of nutrients directly from the soil, like some of the fragile crypts or even Anubis want to have. Now, that being said, I still have Crips. I still have Anubis in those tanks. But number one, 
people screw up when they're doing the sand bottoms and make it real thin. There's not a lot there in the first place. So triple up your sand, guys. You know, put a few inches. Make it nice and thick down below so they have a lot of rooting bed. Because there's not a lot of nutrients in the sand, but there is at least more the thicker you go. That's at least my rule of thumb. And then if you do have plants that require more of the nutrients, you can add fertilizer tablets into your sand, but it's a double-edged sword. Doing that also puts in, you're putting fertilizers in your sand, and then there's no gaseous, gaseous release. And air pockets form in your sand that can be toxic to your fish. So make sure that you're stirring up your sand every so often if you're doing that. Otherwise, the best recommendation, if you truly don't want to stick with sand or don't have the plants that work with sand, is just mix it. I mean, find yourself some good gravel. And when I say gr gravel, go to your local um, hardware store, Home Depot, get yourself some mixed river rock, and that adds a lot of different, you know, calciums, irons into it, but you're not adding any type of fertilizer. Um, it, you can't beat using stuff like volcanic ash soil that you can get. Uh, it's manufactured. It looks like little balls that you put in your tank, and you would put that and then put sand over top to cap it, or you just use normal potting soil, peat potting soil, and then put something over top to cap it as well. So if you want to do the dirt, like the potting soil or the volcanic ash, you have to remove it and essentially restart your whole tank over. There's no real easy way to do it unless you want to have like half dirt, half sand, and then it's still a mess. So try mixing it first. Try making it triple thick first. Maybe add some fertilizer tablets or at least liquid fertilizer to the tank if you feel like nutrition's not there in the soil for them. Give that a go. If not, well, start from scratch. Remove the sand, put a base, and then cap it with sand instead. Yeah, and just to give you a, a quick one easy, and <clears throat> I've put sand in some tanks, been dissatisfied with it like yourself, and the easiest way i found to get rid of the sand is I, I take a siphon tube and I siphon the sand out, and it, you may have to fill the aquarium up several times to get all the sand out, to try to get sand out of a tank uh, with a net or a bucket is just just so cumbersome and it takes you for so long to do. Um, so I, I've had some uh, shrimp, I started out with my, my shrimp tanks and I used sand, I didn't like it. Rob loves it, I'm not a sand fan. And uh, I took it out with the, uh, the siphon tube and that worked out very well for me. And then Rob turned me on to the volcanic ash and I really like that and it's also uh, very good for your plants. So there's like Rob said, to go ahead and, and start taking things and mixing them together. Uh, as long as you've got some way, uh, with sand sometimes, plants have a tough time pushing roots through because the sand is so dense. And if you want a sand tank, maybe get yourself some coolie loaches and some different things that will actually go in there and move the sand around for you. And that will give you uh, more aeration into the sand and, and your plants will do better. All right, part two. Ready? Do it. How, uh, hold on. I wonder if this light would. Right now, I have two stoplight LEDs from a plant tank, and they're not gonna. I've did some research and stuff, and they don't they don't produce much light for the plants that they can see. You know, obviously they see the different reds and blues. And I was wondering if a grow light would work. And the fact that I've never seen it, I've never seen anybody have them for their planted tanks. And I'm just thinking of those typical grow lights people start off from seeds and stuff. And uh, I'm wondering if they would do well for a planted tank. I've done some a lot of homeless for googling and research in that matter, and I've just seen nobody do it. So. Very has me on edge that nobody would do it, but 
you know, it's, it's worth a shot for especially how cheap they are. And then my third question is, oh, uh, my third question is, is what else could I do to improve my planet tank? My planet tank, I can hardly grow AR, uh, Alsonikia Reconini. I know I butchered that name. But I have a whole bunch of plants I can't grow that are in the easy column, like uh, AR or Luigia Triple Red or Luigia um, Red or, or, you know, stuff like that, or Purple Camboba. Or no, I can grow Camboba. Take that back. It's just a whole bunch of plants I can't grow that are in the <laughs> uh. All right, so I'm going to stop them there. So we have we have two question, uh, two more questions in that. Uh, number one, just what he just asked there is why can't I grow um, easy plants? Now he mentioned Ludwig a couple times. Uh, I would not say that's an easy plant. Um, I know you always see it in easy, but they believe. mine grow like a weed. But I have it where it <clears throat> does bad and where it does good. Where it does great is where you have the tank and it's already established and you do not have an algae problem. You put it into a tank where it has an algae problem or even a minor algae problem, and the any algae will cover it, and then immediately the Ludwig will shed and die. It's a hardy plant as long as you don't have algae. The moment algae covers it, it sheds all over your tank. So the, the stuff that you're mentioning is not what I would call easy. You know, start with your hornworts. I have never seen a human being on this earth that can kill hornwort 100%. Like, maybe you'll have a couple strands of the needles fall off. But I, can, it, I can't get it to stop growing. Guppy grass is another one. It floats around in your tank. You can have the worst algae problem in your life. You don't have to plant the stuff, and it just keeps on growing. So start with the really easy basis plants and go up from there. The biggest thing that I find that you're doing is with these quote-unquote medium-grade, like a Ludwig plant, is the algae. This is common for crypts. It's common for a lot of other plants. And then you said lighting. I am a ghetto person. I use cheap lighting. I have all different types of plants. I have very beautiful planted aquariums. I have complicated plants. I have super easy plants. And I use just the generic LED aquarium lights that I get off of Amazon. I don't get anything special. Um, I know I've done the spectrum work on the LEDs. They're nothing particularly geared towards plants. They're just lights for the aquarium. But I'm just concerned on how long it's been running because I want to have a balance where the plants are healthy and I'm not overdoing it for algae and penetration. If I have a lot of stuff blocking above, I'm not going to be able to get certain patches of my tank illuminated correctly. So I've used those and I've also used garbage shop lights. I've never been picky on the lumens. There are species out there that are uh, picky and do have some red. If you want to go in depth on which light you should pick, especially if you're doing those, quote-unquote shop lights, go to Alexander's YouTube channel. Um, I believe it's named His, uh, The Secret History in Our Aquariums. And he just did a series, I think it was a three-part series, on lighting for your aquarium. And he showed high-end why he likes these fluval models. And he showed some, frankly, redneck square lights that are a really good option for people that are on a budget. So check it out. There's a lot of description. He also goes into spectrum analysis and why it really and the one thing we didn't cover is the deeper the tank, the more light you need. And that's, that was like well, always my problem with this 90-gallon cube that I've had. Um, never had a, enough light to get down. And I love Amazon sword plants, which I think in my book are fairly easy. I like using uh, the Nubias, the Amazon, uh, um, Amazon sword plants, because if they do crap out on you, you 
they're not as they're not, they don't shed. You know, there's a, a dead leaf on the bottom. You can easily reach in with your with your uh, little grabber and grab them out of there and stuff. And it's just a lot easier. But like all these different ones that shed, they can really skunk up your tank very quickly. And if you're gone for the weekend and for some reason all your your plants die, they will fill up um, your your back filters full of crap, and you, that will then increase all kinds of other problems. So if you have a tank that's really deep, you might want to spend a little bit more money and get yourself a really uh, strong light. Uh, our friends in West Fargo, North Dakota, that sell a lot of plants, um, you go in and they have two or three strip lights on their planted tanks, and they all they sell a ton of plants, and you don't ever see a dead plant there. So don't be afraid that if you think one strip light's good, maybe two strip lights would be better. It's always how long you have them running versus how powerful they are. Yep, put them because on a the timer. They're there for, what, eight hours, and then they shut them off? At least, yeah. Right. So some people run at 14 if they don't have enough light. You got you to gotta play to the symptoms, but hopefully that helps you out. Go check out Alexander's YouTube uh, channel. And if it really comes down to you have the lights, you got the algae down, and they're still not growing, go to reefflowers.us and use promo code Aquarium Guys to check out for 25% off and get yourself some easy ferts. Boy. That was good. Yeah. The other thing about the water, though, too, and I learned this as kind of a newbie because I'm only about a year into keeping fish. And so it's like I learned that because we push salt, like, for all the different things. And I made the mistake of adding salt every time I refilled or did a water change on my 20-gallon. And I figured that's probably why all my plants started melting because I have guppies. So they can do kind of brackish so they, I have, I had salt creep around my tank and everything. And I was like, why are my plants dying? And I was like, oh, figured it out. Too much salt. Well, I'm just going to finish this. It's only a couple seconds more. Easy schedule. And yes, I have to go into a lot more detail about my tank and stuff, but I'm just kind of speechless because I've heard people growing them in like a bucket outside with water in my tank. It kind of just kind of concerns me. Anyways, keep the podcast. Love it. Great work. I'll be asking for more questions in the future. And keep pumping up this podcast with you. Thank you, Broski. All right. So that catches us up with this. Now I think we have a text message or two. Whew. We we love questions, guys. We're we're gonna crank these out this episode because we're not we don't want to get behind. Thank you and love the podcast. I have a two hour drive each way and listen both ways. I'm new to the hobby and really appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm a little behind. Started from uh, beginning and now I'm on episode 14. So I haven't heard if you named the juice yet. But didgeridoo juice might be a winner. There we go. Anywho, take care. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Uh, P.S. I'm really tempted to call Ohio Fish Rescue and play Billy Ray Cyrus and hang up on him. It's all your fault, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that way Rob gets punched in the throat next time he sees Big Jim. I give, if you, you guys are like longtime listeners, I give you uh, credits to go all the way back, find the Ohio Fish Rescue's number, and you have permission just to call him and play Billy Ray Cyrus and tell him you love him. I think we're caught up. But Miley Cyrus was on Joe Rogan recently, and it, her her voice was all like a sixty year old lady. It was it was pretty great, like that smoker's lung. <laughs> it's like how yeah. you expected Betty White to sound, but Betty White doesn't sound like that. And she looks a lot better too, honestly. I mean, Sam, Betty White's Betty White. Bad. Betty White's hot. Um, we also got a, a, a couple other messages from some people. They reached out and are they, asked us, "Are they nice?" Um, they seem to be nice. Uh, people have reached out to us and asked if we would be willing to speak at any uh, aquarium clubs. And I just want to put this out there. Um, both Jim and I, you know, schedule dependent because we do have lives. 
would be willing to uh, speak pretty much at any aquarium club virtually. Um, in person is limited right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see if you have a request in person. We won't immediately deny it. But certainly, if you guys want us to speak at any aquarium club or show, email us. Go to aquariumguyspodcast.com or email. Our telephone number is there. You can leave us a voicemail as well. We'd be happy to help your club out or any other uh, way of helping. And uh, if you have news for us as well, certainly reach out to us. We're going to be doing a podcast here in the, uh, a future in the bit, I'd say about a month away, talking a little bit about restoring the uh, Everglades, Ecosystem. specifically in the uh, manatee area. Yes, I am excited about that. They, so, re- they reached out to us here just uh, this week. And we're not going to name them yet. You'll have to uh, stay tuned and uh, hear more about them. But uh, we're pretty excited to have them on the podcast and see exactly what all this is entitling because how, how great would that be? That'd be injured. And the thing is, too, is that if you have a fish club out there and you guys have got some something cool happening and we can help advertise it, let us know. We'd always be happy to give you a shout-out. Um, if you've got somebody who uh, in your club that you want to present – we will be happy to interview people. Uh, we're always looking for people with a fresh perspective on uh, fish keeping. Uh, we're always looking for entertainment uh, value also. So if you've got a fish club that, that's looking for some uh, free publicity, give us a call. Now, again, we do have paid for ads that we have to keep the lights on somehow. But if you have a you know non um, not-for-business charitable club, happily share your info. So that being said... One last update. We did the conspiracy episode. Remember that, Jimmy? Where, that, was, that was fun. Where we talked about diddling dolphins and got in a lot of trouble. Yeah, HR was not happy with you. Well, at the end of the podcast, we specifically talked about Mauen Sweetwater. Yes, we did. And how we had all these freshwater and saltwater species in the same tank. Well, after that podcast aired, I forgot to put this in for notes because we've been so busy. After that podcast aired, it wasn't even a week. And they took down all the YouTube video and the website altogether. What? what? Yes. So I figured I'd give you guys an update on that. I talked to our friends at uh, the community tank, uh, TCT, and they actually downloaded a copy just because they thought it was such a crazy video trying to you know do some more research on it. Because, again, they're the ones that broke the story. I was just so lucky to repeat the information. So after I found out they took it down, they put it back up. So certainly go on YouTube, look up Mountain Sweetwater, and watch the craziest video. I even updated it in our show notes. But yeah, they took down everything once our podcast aired. And didn't we try calling them? We did. So I don't know if we gave them the information by calling them, <laughs> but uh, definitely a weird thing all the way around. It's good to offend people across the pond. Sure. <laughs> sure. We, we'll share it for everyone. Well, let's dive into the topic. Jay, I'm sorry to keep you waiting, buddy. We just had a lot to cover this week. It's all right. So, Jay, in the in the light of getting more information about yourself, uh, number one, where are you from, buddy? I'm from uh, Chicago, uh, originally from Philippines, migrated here in the U.S. Uh, about eight years ago. Well, uh, me and my wife are nurses. Well, welcome. So, yeah. Happy to Thank have you. nurses now in the COVID day and age. <laughs> Yeah. So what got you into the hobby? Is it just, uh, you know, family or, you know, what inspired you to start doing this crazy, crazy hobby? Oh, first I have a, when I was a kid, I got a, like a guppy tank or a 10 gallon tank and started there up until I came in here. I saw in the alley at our apartment before I saw a 29 gallon in a, in a, in a trash 
in the garbage. So I pick it up and started a, you know, a setup. <laughs> Literally just like, hey, that that's that's not trash. You pull it out exactly. like, I'll give it a go. <laughs> See what holds Good thing about it, it, is that it has everything, like a filter and everything, except for the heater. So I search in Google, like, what's the best fish for a 29-gallon? That kind of an easy maintenance or something like that. So uh, flower horn popped up. So, yeah, I got my flower horn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. For Google said 29 gallons is good for a flower horn. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not. So I want to clarify that before horn, we get hate mail. So the, the minimum of uh, tank size is a uh, 75 gallon. I mean, the minimum that you recommend, but they could yeah, technically mm-hmm. safely be kept in a 55 gallon as long as you have just one and crazy good filtration. Yep, you right. can, but not the Kampha. Kampha grows like 12 to 14 inches as the 55 is like 12 inches, right, for the dimension. Yes. So they can turn around that well, so. Have to turn around. Yeah. All right, so that's what you started with, flower horn, and you just you were stuck. That was your fish, and you're yep, like, I'm going to be doing it. this for the rest of my life. Exactly. <laughs> that that's fantastic. So, when did you start getting into breeding or competing flower horns? For the competition, uh, when I got my first flower horn, I met this guy from UFA. So they said, uh, um, "There's a competition." So, oh, okay. So what I did is I talked to the the champions from the different years, from different states, and I asked for information how to choose, a, you know, how to groom a fish. And I talked to the people from Asia, the champions in there. So gained a lot of information about it. And, uh, you know, I created my own way to groom a fish. How do you, that how, I started, yeah. how do you groom a fish? Like, I'm assuming this is, oh. groom is the, uh, the verb of raising, not mm-hmm. taking a brush and seeing how their scales lay out. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. It's just a you know, t- TLC. They're providing TLC to the fish. Uh, my routine uh, for the competition fish is feed them in the morning. After 15 minutes, I I put uh, like a mirror or something like that to mimic a different, you know, something or some fish invading the space. So in that for in that way, they can you know try and protect it, and um, you know, you can see the color change and their, their head was popping up like about five ten percent and you can see that you know when you when you do the mirroring or the tool the tool is like a picture of a flower horn and you let them follow in the you know tank glass so it's and, very similar to the beta concept where you either yes. take a, a black pen or you mm-hmm. hold up a mirror and the beta sees another fish in the mirror they get pissed and flare yeah but the aim is to, to make them feel that they're the boss in the tank so it's all of ego boosting for, for these fish. <laughs> it Not is, only yeah. are they cocks, but they act like cocks is what we're going at here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to be in HR's office again. We are. So there's a lot to go over here. Just Rob's well. <laughs> Just Rob's. There's a lot to go over here with this fish. So let's start with where they came from, because this is one of those unique species that really didn't just appear in the wild. We made them. So can you give us some history on how we have flower horns today? So a little bit of history of the flower horn. It's the product of the several uh, species, for, mainly from Central American cichlids like Trimac, Midas, Red Terrors. And due to generations of breeding, they came up with uh, different types of flower horns. 
And there are five types of the main flower horns, like the Kamfa, Zenzo, uh, Golden Monkeys, Tight Silks, Golden Bass, and so on. So, yeah, how they came up. Now, earlier before the podcast started, I asked you uh, in mm-hmm. the chat about yeah. um, frontosas and whatnot. And weren't they related also? Uh, they don't. I don't think they're related. Okay. Just they have that they share that shape of the head. Yeah, the shape of the head. I see that too for the males. So, I think the same. Yeah. So you're going through this list of species that somehow had to in- interweb to create this flower horn, and it's basically you listed all of the meanest shit I've ever heard of. <laughs> they are mean. Was that they the idea? Mean. Is just to make one giant, pretty-looking sticker that's guaranteed to uh-huh. bite your finger? <laughs> yep. And they're like, okay, great. And then this giant massive tumor on the top of its head came and it, it looks like something off a cartoon they're like perfect uh-huh. it's angry it has an attitude it likes to follow mm-hmm. your finger and it has this giant ball by the yeah. way we're going to call it a cock yeah they're amazing fish they they, they interact to you like you said they follow your fingers you know we came home you they, they actually like you know wiggle the tail like dogs and uh in the feng, feng soy and they believe to bring luck and prosperity to the family business because um the hobbyists in asia they believe that the plum you see the floral line across the body the black one sometimes it resembles with characters like numbers and letters wait wait so if we can find a group of flower horns we -hmm. could potentially get the winning lotto numbers exactly that's what i was thinking too (laughs) i hear hear a story about that yeah somebody won a lottery in asia are you kidding yes (laughs) Damn it, Jimmy! I'm that it's good. <laughs> I knew this would happen. I love All right, it. So, is there any p- one person um, that's responsible for this Frankenstein fish? Are you trying so to get beautiful? the? Are you to get that one person killed? I don't. I I don't have any specific person, but I think it started in Malaysia somewhere like that, and it grows like you know so fast, and then uh, they have competition in there in Indonesia, and it's spread out like fast. Just spread. Everybody's like, hey, I got this weird mutt that's angry, beautiful, and has a giant ball on its face. You got to check this shit out. And that just spread, and now everybody's into flower horns. Uh, yeah. And they have, uh, like, uh, different kinds right now, different types. So, like, uh, in, in Indonesia, they have a specific uh, flower horn type. Like, they're popular, popular in it. It's, it's uh, endosensu. So this this is the most expensive fish that I've, I've ever known. You know, one, uh, one, one fish, a senso, like three-time grand champion. Um, a friend of mine helped sold it in the U.S. Uh, in California for fifteen thousand dollars for one fish. For one fish, yeah. You guys are getting up to like koi standards. Like you can <laughs> see koi easily get dropped for ten, fifteen grand for the highest end stuff. And I mean, even some of the record stock. I mean, what is the record they have on some of this? Like. Over six digits, like I've seen yes. hundred yeah. thousand yeah. On on the flower horn world, uh, this uh, golden monkey, and uh, an exhibition in Malaysia it was sold was six hundred thousand dollars. Golden monkey, yeah, like wow. the uh, monkey, like the movie monkey. It resembles, yeah. The face looks like a monkey, yeah. So, but that genes are don't exist anymore. The breeder, the person who breeds that, died, and then. You know, the genes like died with him, you know. I, I got a quick question. So all these different type of flower horns, mm-hmm. are are they all 
the same fish or are, are they all uh, i mean because these are hybrid are these mm-hmm. all different parents they have they have different different uh different uh breeding lines okay uh, yeah yeah there's some very beautiful beautiful flower horns and i can see why they would go mm-hmm. for so much money yeah, Rob just pulled up the golden monkey up here now and just taking a look at that. And that is gorgeous. <laughs> it looks like it, like screaming out of David Bowie's hind end, just like a party coming out. Like it, it it's the, the living glow stick, basically. <laughs> yeah. So w- when you're breeding these fish, I mean, when, when somebody spends six hundred thousand dollars on a fish, are are they are they buying it because they want to have the best fish, or are they buying it for breeding stock and no, hoping hoping to make it for for, they're buying like a trophy or something like that like for collection okay mainly so for collection yeah that that is interesting because i would not spend that kind of money on a fish now how long do these fish traditionally live oh for the first uh, for the previous generation they live up until uh 10 years eight to ten years but now due to like inbreeding and stuff like that probably about four or five years so isn't it in already it's not inbred it's just crossed so crossing the species don't lower the uh, age restrictions. I mean, then? what's it? Yeah, I mean, like uh, the dad into, you know, dad into the daughter or something like that. You know. Well, like yeah, for instance, you said green terror. You were naming some other species that were uh, into it, and they have, to my remember, uh, remembrance that they have about the same lifespan. It's about that ten year mark. Yep. So making this fish crossing it with other species didn't yeah. drop the uh, life cycle instead it's just crossbreeding over inbreeding over time yeah. it lowered their immune system and stuff like that so like the sensor sensor right now is like a big belly stuff like that and then they get you know easily get digestive problems yeah so every time you you, you breed something cross something you you come up with another bunch mm-hmm. of problems just like breeding dogs for instance and you yep. have certain breeds that have hip dysplasia and different problems like that. So I totally, totally get it, but I can see where people are trying to go for these most beautiful fish. They are absolutely gorgeous as we're looking at them up here on the screen. Um, I would pay money for that. I wouldn't pay 600,000, but um, I definitely would, would try to get some of these. They are gorgeous. Now, Jay, how do you breed these? Cause they're super aggressive. Generally, if I see them, it's only one in a tank. I don't see a pair swim together. Like, so is is it like handle like a beta where the females introduced after a time of flaring or something? I did different ways. The first time I was a success, my champion in in 2018, I tried to uh, find a female from Thailand. Was able to get a success because uh, when I tried uh, introducing them, I put a divider in it, so I put the pot to lay for the you know for the females to lay, and then um. When I tried to get the divider, they tried to kill each other. So what I did is I, I let the female lay the eggs and um, switch their, their, you know, space and let the male do their thing. And I was uh, able to success like about 30, 30% of it. And um, in, in Thailand, what they do is they put a, the, they put a, a, like a container or something like that for the female and then slowly introduce them, lower the temperature to lower the aggression and then, you know, slowly introduce them. So traditionally just the method by introducing them, are they always going to fight in some form? Is there going to be yeah. guaranteed fin nipping? They do. Both are, both are really aggressive. 
a female can hurt the male and then become, you know, infected or something like that. And uh, yeah, it's pretty hard. So you're definitely prepping for battle scars all the way around when you're trying yeah. to do the breeding yeah. process. So if you're looking for like a champion specimen, it's probably mm -hmm. just something that matured. You know, the conch has just got big enough and bloomed. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's probably never bred before. Is that correct? You're not going to show like a, uh, you know, breeding bull that you've had a long time in a show tank because it has scars. You're going to show something that hasn't yeah, bred yeah. before. Because once there's a scar, like they bite them in the head or in the cock. <laughs> I told you, I, I'm doing my best here. All right, we're immature. All right. We're immature people. So, uh, we can't help it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if there's any scars in there, I, it will leave forever. I mean, and you, you know, it's bad for the competition. It's the minus points in the competition. Hey, Jimmy, at least you don't feel alone. That someone would bite your <laughs> cock to make you go away. His ex-wife probably would have. <laughs> My ex-wife, definitely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> All right, so on the pot, do they bre like lay on the side of it, or are they more like a nest, and you're kind of just using like a shallow a pot? Yeah, in a nest. So this must be so like a half-inch tall, and it's just kind of like a bowl. Yeah, like like a bowl. And, and what I do is I remove the, both of them, so some of the flower horns that know how you know parenting is... <laughs> They try to eat all the eggs. So I, my, my, in my way, I, you know, take both of them and leave the nest there and to hatch. So as your fish are breeding, you are always right there watching and trying to defend the eggs against both mom yep. and dad. Mm -hmm. Yep. And how many eggs do they lay? Because everybody asks, they want to know, they're doing the math in their head. How can I make yep. $600,000? Uh, for a good, for a good size uh, flower horn, maybe a, uh, at least 500. Okay. A small one, a small female, like about 300. And are, are the eggs always um, good? I mean, I know like, like parrotfish, I've had parrotfish lay eggs. I've never had one hatch because, of, because they're a hybrid. So are no, all, so not all. So these are all good to go. I mean, they're most, of the, most of the time the eggs, as long as they're fertilized, will be good, right? Yep. Interesting. So it, do you have to do anything after the eggs have been uh, laid? For instance, angelfish, you have to essentially take the slate that they're laid on, and you got to fizz them with water to make or with air just to make sure that they have enough oxygen released onto the eggs. Is there anything that you have to do, or is it just scattered, kind of leave them, make sure to run the temperature, maybe a little methylene yep. blue? It's going to be uh, the same thing with uh, with uh, with those angelfish. Uh, you put the slate on the sideways and put the strong bubbler beside it. Because uh, naturally, on uh, the, the trimac and Midas, they protect the eggs by fanning the tail to get uh, rid of the bad eggs or the molded one. So the same thing, you can put it in the side and put a strong bubbler. And then you use a little methane blue also? Yeah. Perfect. So what is your hatch rate that you see on your batches since you're a champion breeder? Oh, no, it's, I like not too much, really. Our first was like about about five hundred eggs or something like that, but they only hatched like about three hundred. Oh, that's that. Don't count yourself out. All right, for yeah. fish breeders, hitting that <laughs> mark is is pretty solid. Like if you're hitting, uh, in my opinion, fifty percent, it's a good day. Yeah, but I stop um, breeding. Um, I usually buy uh, juveniles from Thailand right now and Indonesia because breeding is like takes a lot of space uh when when the 300 you know uh, fishes will grow like about an inch and a half 
they will start killing each other. So you need a lot of space. Gotcha. So essentially, you only breed the stock that you're going to compete with and everything else that you, you sell, you make sure to get from reputable wholesalers and bring in juveniles yeah. and raise them up for quality. Yeah. So what do you feed? Well, what's, what's your secret for uh, feeding, starting with fry and then to adults? Uh, from fry, I use the, I use the, the, the egg, the, the dried egg, egg yolk. I went for fry. And then um, later on, I crushed uh, some pellets like a sumo, grand sumo, flower horn pellet. And then, yeah, I, I feed them like that. Bloodworms, too, to boost your growth. So is there any special regimen that you get for that growth? And is there anything you use to add to color, or you just want your natural color untouched, you know, unboosted? The, the colors and uh, everything, like the features, like colors, um, the cock, is usually from the genes. Of 80% is coming from the females, and you need to get the best female that you can get. Because, you know, it's all coming from the female. So how do you look at a female and be like, that's going to give me a giant cock? Yeah, I, uh, when I, on Thailand, I asked like um, a sample, <laughs> a female with a cock. So, yeah, I, I have purchased a female like uh, two weeks ago with a, you know, with a huge cock. And, um, well, the females have a huge cock as well. It's pretty, pretty seldom you see those, but. I got one two weeks ago. Yeah, because my and, understanding uh, is the females yeah. traditionally have like kind of like a half bump. It's like n yep. like a cock wanted to start and is never there. So there are females with full on giant cocks. Yep, they do. Very, Jimmy, goddamn it, you're losing it. You got to keep this shit together. This is hard for me as well. <laughs> so yeah, so it's hard. when I see it on Thailand pages or Facebook. When I see one, I grab it. Like you know. Uh, I buy I buy it because for breeding, and uh, just I'm, I'm aiming for growing a fry or batch with a cock. So that's it. All right, I got I gotta have a have a moment here, just a little silliness. But have, <laughs> what have, have we been doing? Have you ever? I've been trying to keep it serious. So have you ever just been on your phone and be like, you know, like your wife comes in, catches you, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm looking up cocks on my phone. I found this amazing cock. I ordered it already, and she's like, God. <laughs> I just, I just wanted a little time together. That's all. Oh my god! It's like, oh, she'll be excited too. Do you, you know, have so your wife sees the cock on the yeah, phone you, and she's you excited? Got, you gotta yeah. share it. I like that. I want to see that cock too. So yeah, yeah. If you and other flowerhorn friends, because I'm assuming this is a circle, right? Especially when yeah. I'm trying to find people to interview, <laughs> and we were lucky enough to get you, Jay. Um, you gotta have flowerhorn friends. Do you just send them, you know, random pictures like, dude, check out this cock? And they're like, dude, you need to get that. Or, hey, can I borrow that for breeding? Is that just yeah. like the whole goal? Yeah. And um, oh, as a group, we have a team uh, in the U.S. Uh, we have different teams, and we help each other in choosing the the, the in this game and in, in the competition. Uh, the vital thing in this is choosing the best fish that you can get because this is, this is a one fish one tank. So if you fail to choose no, a very bad, you know, get a bad fish, you will waste, waste your space and time. So for us, we help each other. Hey, this, is this a good one? We say, no, it's not. I'm just so fascinated by this. It's, it's a different world, really. Now, 
coming on yeah. the outside, we, we have to paint this for the listeners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sure. no, Jimmy, we don't have to paint. This. I'm going to paint this for listeners. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. They're going to drive off. Most people listen to their podcast on their way to work. They're going to drive right into a tree. Right. It's, oh my Lord. Stop. If you need to Google Cox, pull over. No, don't, don't, don't Google that. Don't Google Cox and drive. All right, listeners. But, uh, from the uh, coming from the uh, you know inside circle of fish keeping, not necessarily flower horns. People that are totally opposed to flower horns come from two different mm-hmm. sects. Number one, it, oh, it's a man-made fish. How could you? Mm-hmm. It's not natural. This whole whole mm-hmm. idea, and you're crazy, right? This is the most entertaining shit I've ever heard of in fish keeping. So <laughs> shut up. You don't get to talk about that. <laughs> and the second reason is. Uh, People just think they're flat ugly. Like, why would you have one fish in a tank? It's a mm-hmm. monstrosity and the whole thing. Well, clearly they haven't seen the right kinds. And if you've never, like, sent a cock photo to your friend, you don't understand the whole whole hobby. So get on it. Certainly give this a give this a listen, people. If you have a 55, 75, 125, reconsider, right? This is This is definitely more fun than you're getting at. So I don't want to hear those arguments for feedback is why I put this out there, Jimmy. That. This is the most politically correct uh, episode we've had since we've admitted females have big cocks, too. <laughs> Coming from the editor, who's also going to be in the same HR meeting with us on Monday. Uh, so so my, my question, real quick, is, so you're looking for a female. Is this like you go on Tinder or something in Thailand and, and you're looking for a hot female? I mean, and what do you pay for a hot female with a... Yeah, what, let's talk about prices. I mean, besides okay. the cock jokes, because I think we've stressed that enough. You have. I'm, I've, I, I mean, watch. you're right. You got to chip into this, Jimmy, and participate. But what do uh, prices go for? Like, what I'm assuming, like you're saying, what's a good females, female go for? A good female is going to cost more than male. Is that that the truth? Yep. Yep. So, um, for the female, it's around about for a very good one for 400 bucks up. So about $400 minimum just to get a nice female. Minimum, And yeah. how, how big is she when you get her? Is she breeding age or is she... So for some... me, I want to make sure they, uh, she laid eggs already. Okay. So about four or five inches. Also, they lay eggs at, at that small size. <laughs> Where you buy this, these females from the farm, I'm assuming they must have tank after tank after tank of these high-end fish? Yep, they do. And and so, can you just go online and look at each individual tank, or how do they how do they sell it? So I'm gonna ask, like, if you have a list of um, you know available for sale, and they get they're gonna show it, and then I ask for a video that a proof that it laid eggs. And so once it's laid eggs, and you're interested in, in bringing it over, so after you you bring it over here, I mean, and it, it can't be cheap. Do you buy one fish, or do you buy a box full of females? Um, I ordered uh, in bulk. Uh, Thailand. So how many like, females uh, do, you, do you purchase? I would imagine you probably can get 10, 12 in a box, or how many? In a box for Thailand, like about 24 by 19 by 13. It's about 20 to 25 fishes okay. inside, yeah. And, and so you're, you're throwing out a lot of money on one box of fish plus shipping. Yeah. You're like, hmm, should I do three months for the house, or should I buy some flower horns? <laughs> should I pay the mortgage? <laughs> should I pay the mortgage for three months? Or do I get a box so, of flower horns? <laughs> I include them with uh, with my orders. Okay, so you uh, yeah. just get one for yourself and a bunch to sell, so you can kind of yeah. recoup your money. That's that's yeah. well, good, the, smart thinking. That's why you have friends that are cock enthusiasts, so that they can all share the price. Yep. 
Oh, we're going. I, I'm killing Jimmy's soul every time this is said, by the way. <laughs> killing you softly. Uh, you got questions? I'm just, I'm taken back for a minute by this whole oh, thing. I, I just, I, I'm sitting here thinking about, about all this stuff and, and all these phone calls. And if, is the government listening? I mean, what are they thinking? What the hell's going on with all this stuff? <laughs> but so when you bring over a, a, a nice looking female and you introduce her to your, your, your male, are you selling then the fry to other people or, or are you saving all the fry for yourself and then just going through and picking the best ones and, and doing some culling? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing culling too. I'm, I offer some of them at a pet store for the credit for food and um, just keep like about five, six of them for me. And how big are they when, when you decide that these have the right look, the right color, the right two about. 2.5 inches to three. Yeah, you can see all the features that you like. Um, make sure that the pearls are crossing around the nuchal hump. Oh, that's a safer word. So, a <laughs> nuchal hump, yeah. What's the nuchal hump? Fuck <laughs> you, dummy. That's, oh, come on. We can go with that. That's cock. a safe word. We, it's we, the safe. It's like blueberry pancakes. Nuchal hump? What are you, a nerd? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Oh. All right, so what do you uh, keep them for parameters? Like, what, what temperature do you have to have? Is there a recommended pH, or are these things just as hardy as the other cichlids that came from? Oh, no, the, the, the pH will be around 7.8 to 8.2. Oh, yeah, so hardy, hardy, hardy yeah, boys. Hardy, keep them in some And they like it warm, so about 82 to 84. So what, what is, uh, do you purposely crank it up for, for breeding or, or for other times of the year? Is there a temperature that you do for showing as well? No, it's the same thing in the same temperature. So, for instance, like rainbow fish, they if you change the water or change the temperature, they'll literally mm -hmm. change colors, just be based on mood or whatever cycle oh, yeah. they, they think it's Definitely, imitating. Yeah. What the flower horns do the same thing? Like after a, a yep. water change, they just they blow up. They shrunk their 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 cock. Do you want to change? Wait, 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 wait. Shrinkage. Oh, hold on. Oh, God. Hold on. We, we now have a Seinfeld episode. Cold water shrinks the cock. Yep. Oh, my God. You're, you're making this up. Duh. Oh. No, I'm not. I, Jimmy, can Bobby's I get a flower horn? I want a cockfish. <laughs> you lost their, their color, and um, yeah, they shrink, they shrink the cock. So that that means that the cock. What is, are we all what, nine years old? Oh my God! I don't know, Jimmy. I don't understand flower horn people. This is the first real conversations I get on this. This is really a real conversation. I've sold them. I've kept a couple. I've never kept good ones. So, it, well, the cock the must cock be cock just what fatty cells. Then what is that made of? Yeah, I, I th uh, one. <laughs> I'm sorry. One vet opened it up. Uh, it's like um, a fat inside of it. Yeah. So it's like fatty cells on top of the uh, head. Yep. So if this is the case and the cocks fluctuate, do you see like, uh, how do we say, a shrunken cock and be like, that fish is sick or it doesn't have enough food and it's, it's going lean and it's like a camel hump? Is that what we're going after here? It's one indication that uh, you'll see your fish is something going on. Is either sick, is there the water is off, something like that. So what if the... Because there's no such thing as obese fish, right? Betas are do this a lot where they have just too much food and they just get rounder than hell and die. Like us. Or kind of like us. So do flower horns, if they're too overfed or eating too much, 
do they, I don't know, get too big of a cock? Or does it does it a stomach protrude? It's a protruding. Uh, they'll see protruding in the stomach. Okay. And they mostly die, yeah, because they're very weak, especially the senzu. Uh, they have very weak uh, digestive system. The sign of good health is a is a nice looking cock. If it's too fat and eaten too much, it's not going to expand the cock. Um, it's just no. going to do it in the stomach. But if they're underfed or in bad health, you'll see a deflated cock. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're on, we're all clear on this. Wow. So how about colorations? Is there? I'm glad my mom is not around to hear this. This is my it's, my, it's, my mom passed in 2012. I'm just kind of thinking. I'm I'm glad. Imagine Jimmy. That no, you, I don't want to imagine. Uh, imagine that you created a fish in a lab, right? And you're like, hmm, I want a fish with a mood ring to tell me how it's healthily doing. And you're like, let's put a giant bulbous on its head and call it a cock. That's what's happening right now. I live in an alternate u- universe. That it's just not just something there, but also shows health on the fish. I'm blown away right now. I'm going to buy your wife a mood ring, and you'll be able to tell when she's pissed at you because you'll have a big welt on your forehead where she hit you with it. I'm going to have my wife pick out a cock. That's what's going to happen. She's, I'm going to have him go to the J4's website and just find the one she wants. Let's I'm pretty sure your wife's found plenty that she wants other than you, Rob's. Uh, sure. oh, wow! Finally, Adam speaks oh. up. Thank God he's here. Thank, thank you, Adam. helping me out the whole time. Adam's just ashamed that he has to talk about cock. That's all. He doesn't want to. I do have. I do have a serious question. Please, somebody okay, have so a serious question. When you're when you're breeding the fish, do you have to lower the pH at all? Because these are South American style fish. Do they require? Would that increase uh, a real fertility? Question. Yeah, some they do. I, I lower it. Uh, for some reason, I lower it not too much, but seven point four somewhere around there. Do you use buffers for that, or a little RO that you splash in there, like the RO? RO. Yeah. For, for those people who, who who don't understand that, fish in really hard water sometimes it's very hard for the sperm to get into the egg. Is that correct? That's the way I said it. I'm just making yeah. faces at you, so you screw up your sentence. No, I'm not going to say any. But what 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 we've talking about is that sometimes. The fertility rate goes way up when you have a little bit softer water. I mean, it makes sense if it's so too, being, too hard to keep microbacterium in for some some species of... I'm just saying sometimes use. soft is better. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Moving on. So in these tanks, we've talked about the acclimation of the water, the pH, the temperature, food, how you raise them. Generally, when I see flower horns, they're almost exclusively kept in completely bare bones tanks. Why is this? Uh, for injuries, number one for injuries, like a, if you have a, a fish that has, um, like, for example, egg, they tend to, you know, scratch it in, in any, like, substrate or something like that, and they scratch your head. So that's why it's it's easy also to maintain without a substrate. You can see uh, any white poop or something like that. So, yeah. So I've also been told, and I just want to confirm this because clearly you're the expert, and this is from the people that hate on flower horns, so I'm pretty sure it's false mm-hmm. information. That flower yeah. horns are just kind of retarded, and you can't have anything there with them because <laughs> they'll bash their cock into it. I don't think we can say that word, can we? Yeah, I'm saying this is my podcast, damn it. It's your podcast, too. Say retarded. So I, I want to ask a question about white poop. Is that honestly the case, though? Are they kind of dumb and just, like, mosey around and po- poke themselves? Yep. See? That's See? They're kind of retarded, tanks. Jimmy. I knew it. All my tanks are like... Special uh, needs. <laughs> Go, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, all my tanks, they don't have, they don't have as 
bare, no no uh, substrate, and less uh, no decorations too. All I have is like the sponges. So I, and uh, the heater, yeah. The one thing you said that kind of you said you have to watch for white poop. Yeah, and examina. Yeah. What is that? What is that? Examina, like uh, parasites. Okay. It's easy to you know monitor uh, the poop. Yeah. It's easy to clean too. Yeah. With, with the angelfish, if that string of poop that hangs out of the angelfish, if it's yep. if it's clear. And then solid and clear and solid, kind of like looks like kind of like DNA. Actually, that's usually a sign of hexamida. Yeah, hexamida. Yeah. And so it's just very interesting that that also uh, we're talking about poop and cock. So this is very much fun for everyone. It's it's a little bit for everyone. Yeah. So on the parasite front, I've heard that flower horns are definitely more susceptible than other fish. Is that correct? Yep. Correct. And that flower horns may have more swim bladder issues than other fish because they're cross. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. All right. I'm reading these myths from listener submissions. From myth finders. So I, I appreciate this. That, and you see a lot of videos where people, at least, like Foo the Flower Horn, for instance. He, he, uh, that's a YouTuber, right? Okay, yeah. I thought maybe. I saw, he, I, saw a, I saw the video, yeah. Right. He's known for keeping these, like, no-filter nano tanks and then showing month after month video montages of how these tanks are doing. But he started his channel doing a a flower horn that he loved. Mm -hmm. And the thing seemed to be like finger trained. He could do little food tricks with it. It was really cute. But uh, he's had some swim bladder issues where they couldn't swim correctly. And then the cock was actually above the water line and essentially Mm -hmm. got dry and rotted. Yeah, it's it's, it's I saw really it, like, sad. Wrinkled, something like that. Yeah, so wrinkled, dry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. God, you guys. Oh my God, <laughs> poor Jay. I wish I'd wore a pair of Depends because I'm going to pee myself here very shortly. <laughs> All right, so let, I think we've talked at least a, a good amount about <laughs> a good amount uh, about the care and the species. Um, what do you recommend as far as you know? Don't for a beginner doing a flower horn, just the uh, the things that you hear most common. Mainly, uh, most of the newbies right now are buying. They didn't. They don't cycle the tank. Uh, please, please cycle your tank before you buy anything in there, and then make sure you get a to buy in a reputable sellers. And uh, we have a lot of sellers in the U.S. You can, you know, have a lot of choices, and also stop overfeeding your fish. Uh, my ratio feeding them if you have like four inches. Um, feed them like four pellets in the morning and then four pellets in the evening. That's it. And good parameters, uh, be uh, diligent in your water change. I mean, it sounds pretty straightforward. Honestly, I was, I was thinking it was going to be more. Just no decorations, keep your water decently no hot. Uh-huh. You know? Um, how about the... Keep their cock hydrated. I'm just trying to go remember the, the, the questions that I was bombarded with by people. And one of can them was, you... do you train your fish? And if so, how can someone do that? Train like what? Like Fo- follow uh, your finger or do uh, I've heard yeah, of tricks? But follow do your, your taxes. Can your fish do your taxes? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, you know, retarded so, fish are easier thing, to train. In the competition, uh, you need to do. When I compete, I need to train my fishes to follow the fingers, because uh, when the judges, you know, in a competition like Aquashella, the judges will, you know, lay their hands in there, let the, the fish follow to seed each side of the fish. If there's no scars, the pearls are perfect, the flower, line, flower lines are prominent and straight, 
fitness are strong, so you need to see it, to see everything in it. So you need to train the uh, foghorn. Just just to be able to be seen. Kind of like you have to train your dog to sit still so they can, yes. you know, make sure all the coat's done and all that yeah. BS. Let's go to some fan questions. You know, I think we've <laughs> asked enough about Cox. Let's let some of our listeners in Discord uh, answer, ask some questions as well. well. I, I got one real quick question. Well, please. So after, how many times do you show your fish? Do you show your fish one or two times? Or, or, or is it something that you show all year round and then you go to another fish? And what do you do with your fish afterwards i mean do you well i mean besides he's showing his cock off at his house all the time i mean so yeah uh yeah my fish uh joined a competition uh uh usa competition he won and then uh, he joined another competition international one he he also won champion and this uh, this weekend is joining another competition so uh, you know uh, i'll be joining a lot of competitions in uh worldwide essay and 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 for those people listening what kind of I mean, are there trophies? Is there cash prizes? Yes, I have. Uh, it's, there will be trophies uh, and plaques and certificates. And, and now, cash? I don't know what cash. Uh, I haven't received any cash yet. No cash. Whoa. So you you uh, are the world champion? Is that correct for this last year? No, not not really world. But uh, in the U.S., there's a competition. I won it as a grand champion. Grand and champion. Also, yeah, yeah, international. I won the best in show, uh, uh, best pearl, and uh, grand champ, and uh, Asia. So, so, so I'm joining another Asian competition uh, this weekend. Hopefully, the same fish. I'm using the same fish. Explain to me what when you go overseas, are are you physically going yourself, or are you just sending your fish? Oh uh, no, it's a online video submission. So okay. you take a video of your fish, uh, showing every aspect of the you know feature of your fish. Let them follow your, you know, hand uh, like about 30, 40 seconds and submit it. Take a, a nice picture of the side, both sides and the cock. So both sides. Yep. Uh, another question. You, you <laughs> quit your giggling. You I was just going to say, what if, there was a, what if there's a mole on one side of your cock? Hey, <laughs> you have that checked out by a doctor and you cough twice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just coughed. I'm 11 years old and we're talking about All right. this. So in your videos on your website, and again, what is your website for those that are listening? And we'll have it in the show notes, so check it out. But Jay, please share. So yeah, it's uh, j4flowerhorns.com, and you can uh, check there. I also sell uh, another species, like uh, arowana, stingrays in there, in there, and also a variety of um, flower horns. We have golden bases, tie silks, comfa, SRDs, uh, and super red monkeys. and also. Um, Use the code uh, the Aquarium Guys, and Woo! you'll enjoy the ten percent and uh, all discount for the next two weeks. And also, I'll be giving away two cans of five hundred fifty grams Grand Sumo, our own food, and a free fish, Golden Base Male. About he is about three point five inches. Free shipping. Wonderful. And again, that'll be in the show notes. Our sign up form. It'll be right in the uh, bottom of the website as well. So sign up. There are restrictions, and we have the right to reserve who gets the fish because if you do not have the tank on hand ready to go, we will not be sending you the prize, and we will select someone else. But certainly, if you're willing to uh, get into this flower horn craze and get a beautiful uh, beautiful flower horn from J4 Flower Horns, sign up. It's something uh, you, you can't miss out on. And uh, appreciate the uh, shout-out and promo code, buddy. But on your website... 
you have these wonderful, beautiful fish, and you show them with video footage. You take your hand, and essentially you show one side, you show the other, and they show the top of the cock. Mm -hmm. That's the traditional style of yeah. how they actually compete as well. So you're not only showing them for the customer, but you're doing it in uh -huh. the same way as though you were competing them in a tournament. Yeah, but I want to uh, make you know make sure that people see in each you know there's no defect. I know people don't like it, but it's the best way to show the fish. Well, it's and, it's not just you, know. you doing it. This is a pretty industry standard. I I did a lot of yeah. research for this uh, interview, <laughs> and I saw a lot of people use the exact same method. So yep. it's nothing that mm -hmm. isn't being done. And out of the fish, if you're going to pick someone that's the human personable, no fish should be just grabbed onto uh, unless you yeah. have to. But if you're trying mm -hmm. to find the most human personable fish, flower horn's probably up there right along with my uh, golden penis dojo loaches. <laughs> Dead serious. You put your hand in there, they'll slurp up your, your fingers. Like, they're looking for food. Yep. I, I feed them treats. They love being manhandled. Don't look at me like that, Jimmy. And also, I'm uh, if you guys are watching the Twitch stream, we're wearing the uh, you know new uh, golden penis fish hat found on the that Aquarium is, Guys store. That is very nice. I'm wearing my Faster Pussycat t-shirt. <laughs> All in what, what just kind of fits right into this whole conversation this evening. Adam, yeah. did you have another question, by the way? I did. Do you not have any current with these fish? Are they just, like, not able to handle current at all? They love the calm water. Because, okay. Yeah, especially, imagine you have a, have a big head and heavy and you're sleeping <laughs> with the current. It's not nice. Adam, if you had a massive cock, you wouldn't want to be drug around and yeah. raced. Well, first of all, I do. <laughs> I've got the four kids to prove it. Okay. okay. I, I was just thinking about Rob. Rob and I and our wives went to Florida a few years ago. And I'm just picturing Rob in the surf getting his ass kicked by every wave that comes by. It was a great time. Yeah. And I don't know. I just keep thinking about you getting slapped around. It's kind of fun. The giggles. All right. So let's well, get. No, I, was, I was just wondering about this because, like, in order to grow African cichlids faster, you put current on them. Yes. And then South American, you do the water changes. I was just wondering if you could grow your flower horns faster by putting current on them. Oh, for the fry? Yeah. Okay. You can. Yeah, I saw it in the grooming part, so. Oh, yeah. okay. No, you don't want to put them on a treadmill when you're trying to show off your yeah. cock. Gotcha. <laughs> then that would probably make the hump go down too much, and then they wouldn't. Okay, that makes sense. Hump gets soft. No, no floppy cocks. All right. So, again, you, the listeners have a ton of questions. <laughs> So we've answered a, a few of them, so I'll go through. Um, I'm sure. Oh, God. Um, yeah, we've definitely answered some, uh, quite a few of these along the way. What do flower horns taste like? Have you ever <laughs> eaten a flower horn? <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay, all right, that's unknown. And do the retarded ones taste different than the regular ones? Jimmy, they're all... going to HR. Jimmy, they're all retarded. Oh. Right? You guys should all free up Monday morning. For a meeting. You know, I, I give them crap, but the the friends that I know that I've helped get flower horns and, and walked them through the setups, I've gone to their place and I've never seen fish people with such joy because they're one of the few fish that interact with you. They're they're almost excited when you come up to the tank and they come up and you put your finger in the glass, they're following it, they're looking for food, and their day is basically based on looking at you. And they're just overwhelmed with joy. So when I say retarded, they are happy retarded. Like <laughs> I've the owners the like fish, my dog. I've never seen an interaction um, in an aquarium such as a flower horn. So I may be making a joke here, but honestly, 
it's something that you can't replicate in any other fish species that I know of. Maybe a dolphin. An Oscar. (laughs) What? Oscar. An Oscar. There you go. All right. So next question. Do flower horns have certain pedigrees besides the breed species you've already listed? They do. Yeah. There's uh, one thing that I uh, not mentioned. It's the super red monkey. And there's a lot of strains uh, right now, like KML, uh, Sensu from Indonesia. And yeah, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, lots of types in right now. Do you see anybody doing the uh, glowfish with flower horns anytime soon? No. <laughs> Are you I sure? Super monkey. <laughs> Next question. How much is a competition male that you would see maybe on your site or in the market? We said female oh, before. Com- yeah, for the males, um, no. There's a different types. For Senzu, for competition for Zenzo category, you can buy for, you can spend for like about $250 to 450 and that's a competition grade. For the Confa, you need to spend like about, for really, really good ones, $750 to $3,000. Dang. Yeah. For, for a beginner, I should say start with a, you know, mid-gamer, like about maybe 150 or something like that. And start grooming and practice. So, when you are both males and females shown? Uh, most of the competition are males. Okay. So, most of the competition are the males, but the big money is the females for the most part? Uh, for the for breeding aspect, 400 maybe for the females. But for males, especially Kamfa, you can't breed Kamfa. Most of the Kamfas are uh, sterile. Oh. So they, yeah. They have secrets and how they made it in the. In Asia, a lot of you know lab work they there. Jimmy, yeah. sounds yeah. like people they got a lot of big t- room uh, with, of, of breeders. They lock it up and they don't. They won't show anyone in there how they <laughs> make it. <laughs> we'll we'll unlock the secret someday. So next question: uh, With Cox, is it bigger, better, or is it more to do with shape and girth? No, uh, it's. I'm just reading this, okay? I know these are our fans and listeners, <laughs> all right? Are, and most of them are twisted. <laughs> All right, so or is that from your mom? Judge on the shape, and it should be the pearls. The, see the white thing in there? It should be crossing all around the the cock to be to de- determine it is a uh, high quality. So the shape of the cock is really important too for the competition. Yeah. Okay, Jimmy cheated. He moved his mic just to giggle. All right, that's unfair. <laughs> it's unfair, Jimmy. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm nine years old and in a in an old man's body. In other news, all right, this is not to do with the flower horn. Jay, we've talked uh, on another episode, and we were talking about it was a we were talking about turtles and frogs came up as well. And Adam, in his wisdom and knowledge, shared with us about scrotum frogs on Lake Titicaca, right? And apparently now we've I got a news statement from one of our sources in the Discord that uh, a porn website managed to raise a large amount of money to ensure the continued conservation of the endangered scrotal frog of Lake Titicaca. They're naming their fundraiser campaign the Scrotal Recall. Give me the address. I'm sending money. Right? So uh, we'll, we'll give you some updates on that uh, moving forward. We, now, we thought Adam was just pulling this out of his butt, actually. Yeah, now you're being for real, and now... And actually, he knew what he's talking about. And now us talking about it do. has gotten a porn company to sponsor it. So, you're welcome. I, I, I wish we could get a porn company to sponsor us, and maybe just send us 
you free lube, so when we go into HR, it'll just be much easier when they hose us. Much, much easier. If you know what I mean. We're gonna we we are so going to hell on this. All right. Don't worry. In the future episodes, we'll have a, a conversation, maybe an extra episode where we talk to HR just for you, Jimmy. Yeah, HR. I, I've talked to HR, and they, they are willing to come on. So. Excellent. Excellent. They, they need to at this point. So, Jay, have you done any judging, or are you just strictly the participant submitting your flower horn in? So far, I'm just competing. Uh, nobody um, invited me to judge yet. So, yeah, so far I'm enjoying uh, competition. So, Jay, might I inquire, um, would you be willing if uh, time doesn't come in the way? Because you're a busy person. You have a business. You're a nurse. You do these competitions. You uh, breed on the side. And who knows? Maybe you donated to the Scrotum Frog Relief Fund. So you're a busy guy. But would you be willing to do a uh, flower horn competition for the aquarium guys in the future? Sure. Yeah, I have a plan of doing that, too. Excellent. So mm-hmm. that's what we'll have to do, Jimmy. We'll have to do a yearly uh, flower horn competition, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll have to figure out what charity is involved with that. <laughs> I, I just want to tell people, please don't go online and start Googling the stuff we're talking about, because <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to go to a porn website. No, just just at least pull over if you do. Don't yeah. Don't Google and drive people. So it, do you guys have a group in Chicago that you get together and compete against each other? The Aqua Shell last year okay. uh, hosted, a, hosted a competition. Was that one where you physically went to, or was this also online? Yeah, physical. It's going to be physical. And also the 2018, it's just uh, the one hosted is the Golden Aquariums. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how many people would you, how, how many uh, fish would you have in that competition? There the last year, I mean, the 2019, uh, we're about 70 fishes in there. 70 fish. And, and what size yeah, tanks so, do they bring in for you guys so you can display? Yeah. So it was held in the Aquashella, and then, uh, yeah, we, we brought the fish in there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. And how long do you display them for? Are you, are you there for a day or two? or Two days. Two days. Uh-huh. Well, I got another question that just was submitted in private message to me. So someone was asking that if you watch like a Westminster Kennel Club dog show and you hear them ironically say the word bitches continually, is that the same thing for flower horns? They just talk about cock continually and say nothing about it. It's like it's those everyday terminology. Yep. Yep, It's going to be like a to know. Is this aired (laughs) on television or the Internet somewhere where we could go and listen to like judges or some announcer talk about a show oh that i don't know the word but they probably used the safer word which is a uh, a knuckle hump or kok or coke or something like that coke <laughs> i want a coke <laughs> all right oh, Lord. i'm, I'm done with the degenerate questions I'm with you. <laughs> i am done with the degenerate questions so is there anything that uh, we missed in the overview and at least getting our feet wet in flower horns. I think we covered everything. And at this point during the podcast, are you thinking to yourself, I wish I wouldn't have done this? <laughs> no, I'm having fun. Actually. Are you having fun? It's okay. Fun. As long Wonderful. as you're having yeah, fun. I'm because... a number one fan with you guys. I've, I've listened to when Rob told me about the 38, number 38 and the, uh, the funny stories. And now I'm building my uh, garage fish room. 
and there's one episode helped me out too. So yeah, you, you guys, you had some questions yeah, you were going to bring to us on the ep- yeah. on this episode. So yeah, how sure. can we help you with your fish room, sir? You said that you had oh, with the, questions for oh, us. Oh yeah, yeah, I have a question about the um, the heating my fish room. So now I have a two car garage. I I insulated everything, the door, the side, and the ceiling. Now I'm debating how am I going to do the heating because my garage is like about 50 feet from the house. So do you recommend running a gas line or? Yeah, yeah. I would. Uh, I would too, yeah. Yeah, I think I think around here, uh, you're in Chicago, so you're just as dang yeah. cold as we are. Um, the, the best thing to do uh, for heating something like that, once you super insulate it and stuff, um, once you get it heated up, it takes a long time to get your cement heated up on the floor, which is pretty pretty strange uh, to talk about. But um, it will it might take you, let's say, a week to get up to a constant temperature. But once your your floor is heated, um, and and the rest of the house is pretty economical to keep warm with a natural gas little furnace, and you can get some pretty small ones for. Uh, your local hardware store from somewhere between 150 to 300 dollars, and um, for a 30, 40 bucks, you can buy some industrial fans to keep the 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 air moving. And the biggest problem you might have with natural gas is you might get a little more condensation inside that building. So you want to make sure that the insulation that you've used is is waterproof because you might get some condensation. But um, I've heated all kinds of different buildings with different ways and. The most consistent have been the natural gas and the cheapest. Um, I know people that have used, you know, electric heaters. I know people that have used uh, propane. And um, I just like uh, natural gas, just much uh, cheaper and easier. So just a reminder for the listeners, heat the room. Don't heat the tanks. If you're going to make yourself a fish room, and it's not like living space. Like, for instance, Jay, he's using a garage that's dedicating for this uh, fish work. So heat the room if you can. It's way cheaper and Make sure to have a rebreather. I don't think we went over this a lot in our episode. Um, you said that maybe a little bit more moisture. Have a meter to read the moisture in the room, and if it gets too high, set up a exhaust fan, essentially like a floor fan, where you can mm-hmm. um, pipe it with dryer ventilation and just plumb it outside to get that moisture out of your shop without losing too much heat. Yeah, and and keep every one of your tanks covered up. As, as best as possible because they're great because with with an open tank it's like boiling water it just evaporates so much faster but um if you have your room at 80 degrees your top row tanks might be at 78 your second row down might be 76 and so the top rows of course are gonna be warmer but if you get the uh, i've never had it where like the room has been 80 and the top row has been 80 it's always been about two or three degrees cooler than the room and uh, I know we had Steve Rubicki from Angels Plus talking about that same exact thing and stuff. So uh, find that, that temperature that you like. And once that room is up to that temperature, it holds very well. And um, I also uh, learned uh, on this podcast from some other people that sometimes you need to let the room breathe if you don't get in the correct amount of oxygen and you're continually using the same air that all of a sudden your breathing will go down. Um, your fish will quit breathing and not be as active. And I never realized that uh, until we had somebody on this podcast who told us that and stuff. So you, you want to still introduce fresh air into the room and stuff. And if your fish quit breeding, uh, maybe it's time to get that room totally opened up for a little bit and then, you know, close it back up once you get uh, the oxygen. 
back up to where it belongs. But yeah, I didn't realize that we we had that gentleman on. So also when we're talking, Jay, you were mentioning that uh, our recommendation didn't necessarily work for the tanks that you were doing of pallet racking. Yeah, um, I have a 33 uh, long. Um, it's a 48 inches. It, it won't fit. And there's no um, braces in between those uh, Menards pallet. I mean, metal ones. Yeah. It won't fit. Unless I unless I will buy a plywood, but it's expensive. Yeah, the, the for the cheapest rack you can make is just take take two by fours and just make sure um, you, as long as you are supporting each corner and the edges, you can have just a two by four frame for it to sit on. You can make your own and use uh, three and a half inch bolts to bolt them together, and you can make it uh, rack. For to hold a lot of tanks for probably fifty bucks, hundred bucks, and and uh, yeah, perfect. And so, you know, if you're if you're looking to save money, like we all are, you definitely just want to uh, make your own racks. Um, yeah. Some people buy green treated uh, lumber because it holds up better in because uh, it's going to get wet, of course. But you know, for ten, fifteen bucks, you can buy some black paint and and put two coats on it, and uh, you'll you'll have a rack that will last you a long, long time. I don't like using metal uh, in a situation like that where you're constantly getting it wet because then you start having mm -hmm. rusting issues. But yeah, yeah we've between all of us, we put together many a fish room, and it's it's fun to learn from other people's mistakes rather than your own. It's just a lot cheaper. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but I'm doing it step by step right now. I drilled all the tanks, so I'm figuring it out uh, with the racks and uh, and how the heating. Goes. Yep. Well, Jay, I'd, I'd love to chit-chat more with you uh, after the podcast if you got any more questions on your room. I also got some other secrets on how to not drill your tanks because that's a sucky job. But uh, we'll, we'll chit-chat back and forth. But, Jay, thanks again sure. for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, and thanks for the invite. At my pleasure. Adam, you got anything else for us? No, I'm good. All right. I will not be seeing you in HR. Well, guys, if you dream of big cocks, go to j4flowerhorns.com and find yourself award-winning flower horns on the website. And use, apparently, Aquarium Guys promo code at checkout for 10% off his goodies. And if you want to win yourself an award-winning free flower horn and two large containers of food, certainly go in the show notes. You'll find the link for the sign-up or to AquariumGuysPodcast.com on the bottom. You'll see the sign-up sheet. Sign yourself up for an amazing flower horn today, buddy. And if you win that flower horn, we'd gladly have you on this program to talk to you about the cock. No, we won't. No, we won't? Uh -huh. No, okay. No, okay. you just enjoy that. <laughs> uh, just wanted to go to HR with everybody else. Nope. She's coming on <laughs> very soon. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, Jay, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Please go to your favorite place where podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever they can be found. Like, subscribe, and make sure you get push notifications directly to your phone so you don't miss great content like this. I never knew that a Minnesota accent could be so sexy until I heard Adam's voice. Go fuck yourself, don't you know? <laughs> That's my boy, don't you know.